Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Um, well, we are wrapping up today a series um, that we kicked off a few weeks ago called Running the 100-Year Hurdles. And the concept of this is just looking what it, at the big picture of living our full lives. If we live to be 100 years old, what does that look like to live our full lives for God and understanding that that's not necessarily going to be this perfectly smooth, bump-free race, that there are going to be these hurdles that come along, and some of these hurdles are big and feel more like a roadblock and a barrier, and some of these hurdles are a little smaller, and and maybe we feel like maybe we might be able to, to handle those, and maybe those will eventually not bother us, but there's hurdles um, in our life, hurdles in all spaces. So we need to be aware of that, not be frustrated by it and not be surprised by it when they show up. So if you've got your uh, bulletin open, got your Bible app, however it is you're gonna track along that we've jumped off with this idea to, to run the race set before us. Uh, there's gonna be a few hurdles, but they do not, they don't have to slow us down. Uh, we've looked at John 16, 33, where Jesus is there with his disciples in the upper room on his final big conversations pre-cross um, with his disciples, making that deposit in his closest, uh, closest friends, closest people he's teaching and instructing, instructing. And he's telling them that, man, what, what's about to happen? And he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. He's let them know some things that would not, give you peace, but he says, I've told them to you so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He's like, let's go ahead and just acknowledge the hurdles are going to be present. In this world, hurdles show up. Trouble shows up. Problems show up. You're, you've hit your stride. You feel like things are going in a good direction, and then all of a sudden, Bam, there's something that comes in the way. And, and, and we've looked over the last few weeks about what it means to just go ahead and, and, and face those things. But sometimes we just don't want to. We're like, I just don't feel like hurdling today. You know, the, the, whole, the whole idea, I mean, years ago, the word adulting, which isn't really a word, um, was not even a fake word that people used. And, but it came up with, with the idea that um, I don't want to adult today. I don't want, adulting is hard. And that the whole concept of understanding that that's some stuff I need to do that requires some maturity, requires, you know, stepping up and doing the things that need to be done, but you just don't feel like it. We ran into this this week in my household um, for those of y'all who are new, uh, Cutie and I have uh, seven kids, um, ranging from 26 down to seven. And so we've had an active household for years, but we currently only have two in grade school. So man, all of a sudden life is a lot easier when you just have two in grade school, but you still have to like have the alarm go off, get up, 
um, you know, find the shoes, pack the lunch, all of the everyday morning hurdles. And those all happen, but you have to deal with the first hurdle, and that's getting out of bed. Just getting out of bed sometimes is a hurdle. Now, the way our household works is the alarm goes off, and normally I, I hit the shower, and Cutie goes and wakes the girls up. She starts all of that process as I am going along. I put them to bed. I do my part on the, the back end of that stuff. I don't avoid this. She's not doing the whole workload. But in the morning, she does this. And so as um, <laughs> she's giving me a hard time on the front row. And, uh, but in the mornings, she uh, is the one who gets everything going. Well, one morning this week, uh, you know, I happened to pop up and decided I'm just going to go take care of this, let her catch a couple of more winks of sleep. She laid there for a little bit longer. I go upstairs to wake the little girls up. So I go to wake them up, and they are not happy uh, about waking up. Now, what's funny is last week, they were up at, at like way early. They got up, got dressed, and said, hey, since we're dressed so early, like 45 minutes before school starts, can we go get donuts? Um, I think they had colluded uh, the night before. They had a reason to like be inspired. And so they got up, got everything going. And we actually were out of the house early enough that we could not just get donuts. We could go get slanging dough. And if you haven't had the slanging dough, you've got to get up early to get it because he sells out fast. But I mean, there's chocolate croissants and vanilla knots and oh Lord, it's amazing. And, uh, and so as we, uh, they got up and got out of there early that uh, morning, they were inspired. But this past week, man, they just didn't want to do it. Just like, I'm out, I'm done. I simply don't. It's a hurdle I know I can get over. I just don't want to. So Colin got out of bed, came, and she goes and lies back in bed. And she's like, Daddy, I, I, I just don't want to get up yet. I just don't want to. And I said, oh, so, so you, don't, you don't want to go to school today? Okay. And she looked at me like, what are you doing? I said, no, forget it. Get up and get, up and get going. But just for a second, she thought she was just going to get to bail on school. And there, there's certain things that just have, we've got to get done. They're just hurdles we have to face. And sometimes we just don't want to. And when we don't want to, we gravitate towards this thing called excuses. And one of the things that is going to hold us back in this 100-year hurdle run, our own excuses these reasons we tell ourselves on why we can't face the hurdles. Oh, I didn't stretch. I can't do it. I need to stretch. Um, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need all of this. And we find these reasons to not address them. And it, honestly, it's time to ditch the hurdle of I can't. I can't. It just gets in the way. God has called us to live abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. Guess what? When we begin to step into these spaces of the God-sized God life, our normal self response is, I can't 
do that. And if the Holy Spirit is beginning to stir you in some spaces and begin to move you forward, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do those things, you've got to begin to say yes. Because here's the problem. If we begin, we get a pattern of telling the Holy Spirit, I can't, we will do one of two things. We will either tune the Holy Spirit out together and then hit a place in our lives where like, I just don't feel like really, I'm really that close to God anymore. I'm not feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit anymore. Well, we've created a pattern of tuning the Holy Spirit out. We've created a pattern of the Holy Spirit prompting in our hearts. We're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't feel like I can do that. That's not a hurdle I want to face right now. And we eventually just begin to tune the Spirit out or we just unplug entirely. And so we need to make sure that we don't let these things come in because these hurdles will come in, these I can'ts will come in, and they will become a part of our identity. Now, I've not been to uh, India or these places where you, they still use elephants as pack animals. And so, but um, what they say is how they train these massive, massive animals to be able to be controlled. And you can see it online and stuff that there's this, this fairly small rope that will be a, tied to an elephant's uh, ankle. And this, this person who is in control of this elephant will have this rope and they'll actually carry a stake around and they can just drive it into the ground. This elephant could easily pull this stake up but the, the problem is, is that they were trained as a baby elephant, that they took a nice heavy chain, tied that around that baby's ankle with this, with this clasp and tied it to a strong tree. And this baby elephant would pull against it and pull against it and pull against it and could not break free. It would chafe its ankle. It would begin to tear into its thick hide and, and bring pain and finally realize that I get to the end of it and I feel the tension and I quit because I can't break free. Well, then as this elephant grows and it begins to get it in its mind, then it can't break free, then that elephant trainer can begin to reduce and not have to deal with the big, heavy chain anymore. And slowly but surely, this incredibly powerful animal is controlled by this weak little rope that it could break any time it decided it could, the problem is it thinks it can, and it gets at the end of that little rope, feels a little bit of tension, and it's like, I'm done. And here's the problem. In Christ, we are new creations, and we have access to power, the help of the Holy Spirit that we're unaware of. And maybe there's some patterns and some cycles and some stuff that in our life before, we've hit the end of that every time, and it stopped us every time. But we're not here. We're not the same creation that we started in this process. We are a new creation in Christ. We have access to new power. And just because something in the past has held you back doesn't mean it can still we have to step forward, obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit, move forward in him and break out of those ideas of I can't because these things begin to seep into our mind. Let's look at the story of Gideon. Gideon is found in Judges uh, chapter 6. And it says, And the Lord turned to him, to Gideon, and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel. Out of Midian's hands, am I not sending you? He reminds Gideon, I'm the one that's decided this needs to go down. I'm the one who is behind this. 
your mindset should be on the idea that I'm the one who is sending you. I'm the one who's prompted this. I'm the one who's created this assignment for you. I'm empowering you. And But immediately Gideon's answer is, but Lord. He's getting an assignment. He's getting told to do something. And even told to go in the strength you have. He's not even told to go and, and, and go and build up your strength before you go. It's like the way you are, go ahead and move into it. God recognized and gave him the assignment, the strength you have. Step into it with the strength you have. Because that's not the only strength you have access to. I'm the one that's sending you. But he could not get that through his head. He says, but Lord, Gideon said, how can I save Israel? Somehow he immediately took God out of the picture. God reminded Gideon that God was in the picture. Am I not sending you? And immediately Gideon said, how can I save Israel? Not even how can we save Israel? Or how can you use me to save Israel? It was simply how can I save Israel? And some of the times, the stuff that we run into are these big hurdles in life. We're like, I can't do it. And they keep us limited and locked in because we do not understand that for God, it's no hurdle at all. If we understand, if he is telling us to address these hurdles in our lives, if the Holy Spirit is prompted, he's the one behind the assignment, so he's the one who's going to empower the assignment. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Immediately, it was his mindset. He's like, my family is, is a weak family, and I am the least in a weak family. His thoughts was his limiting factor. The way Gideon saw himself, his surroundings, his connections, his experience, his thoughts were his limiting factor. And your thoughts can honestly be your biggest hurdles. We have to be able to break through these thoughts, be able to put these aside, these thought hurdles that get in the way. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When the Holy Spirit begins to come and stir us to begin to deal with some of these hurdles in our lives, we need to understand that then he's got a plan to deal with it. He's not just sitting there and saying, hey, that's something you need to deal with. Uh, I'll come back and see how it's done. No, if he is prompting us, it's something he wants to be a part of. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is no limitation at all. Galatians 5.1 says, for it, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So many times we hit these big hurdles and we forget who is connected with us, who is inside of us. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. 
It's Paul is writing this to the Philippian believers, okay? He's not, you know, going into the gym and ready to bench press heavy that day, you know? That, that's not, the, you know, the international bench press verse. I, you know, it's, I love it that it shows up in gyms and I, any kind of scripture, you know, people do that. that that's fantastic. I, I love that. But it's not, you know, that I can, you know, lift any weight through God who, who strengthens me. It, this is actually dealing, Paul is talking about financial hurdles, This is talking about just real life, everyday stuff. He's talking about financial hurdles. He's like, whether I abound, there's plenty of money, there's plenty of resources, which that can be a hurdle in and of itself. Figuring out how to deal with success can be a hurdle. Sometimes success is more difficult than failure. And it can have its own set of problems. It says whether or not I I abound or whether or not I don't have enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul did not look at his assignment to take the gospel to the Gentiles, and he, he went all over the world, and travel was not cheap. We think it's expensive to travel now. My goodness, back then it was incredibly expensive. And he carried, he carried the gospel all over the Mediterranean uh, realm. He carried it all over the place. And he understood for him to embrace his assignment, he's like, I'm not limited by my pocketbook. I'm not gonna sit there and say, this is how much money I have in the bank, so this is how far I can carry the gospel. That is exactly what Philippians 4.13 is addressing. He understood that he could do all things through Christ who gave him strength, who empowered him and allowed him to be able to do what he was called to do that God was active in that. Even in his financial hurdles, he leaned on God's strength. Romans 8.37 says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So here's our problem is we can let our hurdles turn into our excuses. We can have excuses about why not to address a hurdle, but then we can actually turn a hurdle into an excuse in and of itself. That this thing, that's why I'm not better in life. It's that. It's my, 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 the thing I keep running up against. I'm trying to run my race, but there's that hurdle. And that's why I'm not able to step forward and do what I am called to do. We're about to look at a story that Jesus told about um, these people that were invited to a banquet, Okay. Um, a lot of energy was thrown. We, we can kind of throw parties all the time. We get used to going to like big, good wedding parties on a regular basis and, and New Year's Eve parties and Christmas parties where a big spread is thrown and things are decorated well. Um, but that is part of living in our uh, culture that, that has a, a strong economy. Um, back in Jesus' day, these parties were not as common uh, there was a lot of energy and a lot of expense put into this, and, and they were planned well in advance. Um, now, because of that, these parties were long. Um, there would be multiple days. They weren't just show up for a few hours. The people would go. They would sleep there. They would stay there. It was, it was a long thing that took place, but it was an honor to be invited to one of these feasts, to one of these banquets. In Luke chapter 14, verse 15, it says, uh, when one of those at the table with him heard this, um, Jesus said, blessed is, um, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. 
And Jesus replied. So this guy's talking about the kingdom of heaven, what, that what an amazing thing it is to, to eat the feast that has been prepared in the kingdom of heaven one day. And all of a sudden, man, Jesus begins to make this real. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. What does the person who's invited to the banquet have to do? Just come. That's all they have to do is show up. The person providing the banquet did all the work and it was prepared, it was done, it was finished. The preparation was finished. It had been accomplished. It was there. It says, but they all alike began to make excuses. They began to make excuses. It was all prepared. It was all ready. It was there in their current life. Not in some place far off, but Jesus is telling these people to say, you need to step in front of God's banqueting table today. Not someday whenever you die and you go to heaven, but step in front of what God has prepared for you today. But here's what gets in the way of us stepping into what God has for us today. It's other things we want to do today. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've bought a field and I must go see it. You know, see, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a big deal, and, you know. I bought some land and haven't even seen it yet, you know. Bought it sight unseen. I'm going to go check it out. Sorry, I can't come to your banquet. I've got these other things I, I need to do. Um, please excuse me. Another said, um, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. I'm actually going to go put some stuff to work. I'm actually going to go start doing some plowing. I, I need to go do some preparation of my own. I realized some preparation was done on my behalf, but I, there's some preparation I'd like to handle myself. I need to go and try these oxen and plow some rows and, and make sure and do my own preparation here and I'm on my way to try them out. And then still another said, I just got married so I can't come. I'd come, but <laughs> the wife. <laughs> yeah, sorry. If I was still a single guy, I'd be there. But I got the old ball and chain and I, can I can't go have fun at the banquets anymore. <laughs> sorry. Got this, got the wife. And all of these excuses begin to just come in there. All of these things that were possibly legitimate. And this one at the end, this relational excuse, I think begins to find its way into a lot of things. It was, it was Gideon's excuse, my family, not from the right family, don't have the right support system. And this relational excuse begins to find its way in there. What I want us to see is that here is this picture Jesus was wanting us to get. That there is, that the heavenly father has already accomplished and prepared these amazing things. That he had invited them to come and partake. He had something that he wanted them to be a part of. 
and they found an excuse of why not to be a part of what was already accomplished. They found excuses of why not to be a part. And you and I, when God created us, they had their own agenda. I'm going to go look at my land. I'm going to go plow some rows. I'm going to hang out with this person. I'm going to go do this. When, the, when they were invited to step into something that was already accomplished. See, when God created you, he, you were not a surprise to him. God created you with purpose. God created you with intent. The first and foremost is just to know him and to love him. Beyond anything else that he wants to accomplish through you, he wants to just enjoy your presence and you enjoy his. That is your highest call. But guess what? He is a God who moves and works and does, and he's invited us into that. And there's a place where that we, we who've been a part of the, this church thing a while was like, God, use me. God, use me. And we are constantly trying to discover what God's highest and best use is for our life. And when God created you, he had some pre-existing uses for your life. He created you and and built you with gifts and callings and passions. And and he created you for that, these pre-existing uses. But whenever we let excuses come, our excuses take one of these pre-existing uses and make it used to be. And so our excuses make X uses. God's wanting us to step into something that's been provided. It's been set before us. And if we don't step into it, now we've just missed something God's wanted to do in our life. Our, Our excuses create X uses. God wants to do something fresh and amazing in our lives. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, the number one thing that's against us is us. It's us. Nobody was standing in the way of these, these people stepping into that banquet but them. If God is for us, who can be against us? Guess what? You can be against you. We need to make sure and put our excuses aside. And in that, we're going to have to overcome the hurdle of labels. Our excuses usually connected to our labels. There's this short little couple of verses in the middle of a genealogy in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. There's a little book that got real popular a few years ago about this prayer. And it's, there's a guy named uh, Yabetz, um, but we're going to say it West Texas, Jabez, okay? He's going to be Jabez. We're not going to say it Hebrew, okay? Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, you, that's a high standing. He's more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez. Now, we're like, okay, that's an interesting name, Jabez. Well, we don't speak Hebrew. But that his name, Jabez, means pain. His mama named him Pain. That was his name. So then everywhere she went, she's hollering out at the playground, come here, Pain. I need to put Pain to bed. Oh, Pain wet himself again. All of these different things, pain, pain, pain. Can you imagine, can you imagine his life on the schoolyard with the name pain? 
And she named him pain. She says, because I bore him in pain. His labor was incredibly difficult and incredibly hard. And her first experience with him, she labeled him. She defined him by her first experience. How many of us have been defined by somebody's first experience with us? How many of you have defined yourself by some of your first experiences with yourself? I'm not good at this. I know I've tried. I was there. I failed. I, I don't have this ability. I know I've tried. I'm me. I've been there. All of these different things, these first experiences then begin to stick labels and go, oh, you're a this. Oh, you're a that. And the ones we do it to the worst are ourselves. And it says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. The NIV version says that I would be free from pain. Cause pain, be free from pain. The Hebrew word actually means to be associated with pain. Your name is what you're associated with. He's like, I want to be such a blessing that yes, people would call me still by my name, pain, but think that's the last thing in the world that man is, is a pain. I want to be such a blessing. I want to be such a blessing that whatever I've been labeled before just all of a, all of a sudden becomes non-relevant. Even though people be calling me pain, I'm not associated with pain. All of a sudden now he would begin to, in his world and his scope, that he would be such a blessing to other people's lives that it would redefine pain for them. That is, was his heart and his desire. And it says, so God granted him his request. There's a space where even those labels that become our, that may be a hurdle, and then that label and that hurdle becomes our excuse, and then we stop at some spot in our life. We can't allow even the labels others have given us or the labels we've given ourselves to be this hurdle that stops us. And to be able to move past that, we have to understand Ephesians 5.26 and be washed by the cleansing of God's word. The only way you have your mind renewed from these previous labels is to allow God's word to change the way you think. Begin to change the way you see yourself and not allow the labels that other people have put on you. So and to do this, we're going to go through this quickly. We're going to have to talk to God about our hurdles. Notice that Jabez talked to God. He didn't go yell at his mama. Mama, you know what I'm trying to deal with in life? Because you thought you were cute. You thought, oh, I'm, a, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. We're going to call him pain. Mom, I've been called pain my whole life. He did not take his hurdle and throw it at his mom. He talked to God about it. He said, God, I want to be so blessed that I would not be associated with pain anymore. He talked to God about it. He didn't point at his mama. He didn't do all of that stuff. He talked to God, and that was where he found the relief. He says, God answered his prayer. 
Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What is our time of need? When things are a wreck, when things are a mess. That's why you can talk to God when things are a wreck and a mess. How are you going to find grace to help you in your time of need, in your wreck mess, if you don't talk to God in that? That's why we can come to him boldly. We have to be reminded of it because there are times we feel like, man, I have to kind of string a couple of good days together and, you know, I've not said that bad word for a couple of days. I feel like I can talk to God now. No, sometimes, man, you could just sit there and you just all of a sudden lose it and just let out a string of words you wish you hadn't have said and immediately talk to God and say, God, I'm tired of that being buried inside of me. I know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why am I so angry that that kind of language has to flood out of my mouth? God, what have I not released? What am I still hanging on to? What kind of bitterness is still festering on the inside of me that somebody cuts me off on the highway and I unleash on them? God, and in the middle of it, talk to him about it. That's where the relief, that's where the change, that's where everything is going to come from. And then the next thing we need to understand is we have to share your dreams with someone who will stand with you. See, this 100-year hurdle, when we look down the road of what we want that 100 years to look like, that's the dream for our life. And the truth is, is it's a dream because there's hurdles. Because if there were no hurdles, it would be our reality. But the hurdles make it a dream. There are things that have to be dealt with. There are things that have to be accomplished. There are things that are going to have to be addressed. There are hurdles that are going to have to be cleared so that it can become a reality. Dreams, by definition, have hurdles. Don't quit being irritated that there are things in the way of your dream. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a dream. They come with it. And so in that, we have to move forward and step into this thing. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, but there is a, but, yeah, I'm reading, I'm quoting the wrong scripture. Let me just read. A friend loves at all times. He is there to help when trouble comes. When hurdles come, it's the people that surround, you surround yourself with that are going to be able to help you go. There are those who will do those Spartan races, which those are people who just love hurdles, apparently. They're like, not only am I going to run a race, I'm going to th- please put really hard obstacles. Um, give burning logs and bob wire and make me go through it, and I'll pay you money to do it. These Spartan people that have special. But there's always a wall, this really, really big wall. And that's the biggest hurdle there. And so, and guess what? They, everybody gets over the wall by the other runners helping one another out. The biggest hurdles in our lives, we need people in our lives. And that's why the enemy, whenever you have some bumps and some hurdles, makes you want, has you pull back and get isolated from people. Because your breakthrough will happen with the people you're connected with. That you have to keep those relationships healthy and alive. Do not isolate yourself from the body of Christ. Proverbs 27.9 says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend brings his earnest counsel. 
A good friend will give you some good advice and coach you in the right direction. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And then as we're closing this series out, I need you to understand this truth right here. That the hurdle might be a place of ministry. It might. It might be a place of ministry. Romans, Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Sometimes there's some hurdles, some big hurdles in our lives that are simply just evil. They're just from the pit of hell itself. And we, if we stop at that, we've been overcome by evil. But if we allow God to move in our lives and we allow his goodness and his grace to come, then we overcome the evil with good. And then we have our, in a place to be able to champion the goodness of God, even in that spot of evilness. And we begin to then minister to other people who are dealing with the same hurdle. Our bottom line this morning is this. Our excuses limit our uses. And so we want to put those aside now and forever. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.